this, this is either my, my last or my penultimate message based in Romans chapter eight. And then we'll get into Romans 9, 10, 11. This is fun stuff. But, but I feel like because of the situation we're in, we need to mine, uh, mine these treasures and, and we don't just mine them and admire the jewels, but we try to put them together and do things with them, just like this is how civilization works. And so I wanna, I, I wanna take some themes in Romans chapter eight, put them together with the, the word of the Lord, and I wanna talk about being the voice of peace in the midst of the storm. And so, because we're, you know, we're, we're in this time, you know, and we need to navigate the storm to victory. Uh, Mark 4.39 is just a jumping off point. Jesus is in the storm. All the disciples are freaked out, panicked. God, don't you care? And he's sleeping. And uh, Mark 4.39, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Love it. You know, he just, he woke up. When he enters the scene, he speaks and there. There's peace, and we're his voice in the earth today. We're not the disciples who, you know, he was, he was first of all, he was demonstrating to them the need for their, to be born again. He was demonstrating to them the need to be in communion with God, and this is one of the ways he did it. And so, but, you know, we're, just to rehash a little bit of where we all know we are, we're, you know, wild times, War, there's wars, there's storms. Um, you know, it's, it's so amazing how the propaganda works. Uh, Florida passed this parental rights in education bill, which was really a great bill. Just saying, hey, parents have a say in what their kids are taught. We're gonna protect kindergartners through third graders from any teaching on sexualization because they don't need it. And so this, you know, this absolutely freaked out the woke crowd. And uh, you know they then it, and it got called the "Don't Say Gay" bill, even though it never mentioned that. And the, and it was actually a freedom of speech bill, not a, a a censorship bill. But they turned it into just the opposite of what it was. And now we have the you know Disney got its wokeness uh, awakened, and now it spawned the dump Disney movement, which is spreading all over the world. You know because people said, wait. This isn't what Walt Disney dreamed of, or if it was, he kept a secret, but, the, uh, but it's definitely not what people want for their kids. And, uh, and so we got that, we've got mandates, we've got mass formation psychosis, we have the First Amendment being challenged now where there was just a point where the disinformations are, like we really need that. And uh, you know we've got the border out of control, inflation out of control, energy costs rising. We have the World Health Organization talking about creating vaccine passports. Who said we're under global law? We are Americans, not globalists, all right? Just to make it clear. And uh, in the book of Revelation, it says the nations will bring their treasures into the kingdom. I'm just stirring you up. Maybe I'm making something mad, but that's okay. You can yell at me later. But here's an interesting thing about the wars, you know, the war, this thing in the Ukraine, which nobody's celebrating at all, but uh, when I was in Pasadena, my young friend Jeremy Nelson, Jeremy and Miranda are revivalists. They've been hosting this wild, a real revival in San Diego for a number of years and around the world. Jeremy is one of the, he, he's a, 
he was one of the Bob Jones boys. He's very young. He's probably, he might be the youngest one. And, and always, you know, Bob Jones was a very quirky prophet. But so Jeremy had a number, and I don't say that in any dishonor. It's just if you've ever been in a meeting with Bob Jones, you remember that. And so he had a number of discussions with Bob Jones about the billion soul revival that a number of prophets have talked about. And he, he said, you know, I'm so excited because Bob told me, and it made no sense to me at the time, he said, there will be a time when there are wars all over the world, and, and there will be a war in Ukraine, and the Russians will be humiliated by what happens, and out of this, there will be a, a great conversion in Russia, and there will be like a Red Cross army that comes out of Russia, and it will be the, the catalyst for this billion soul harvest. Now, everyone knows in part and prophesies in part, but I just, you know, that kind of gave me goosebumps. I said, oh, I had never heard that before. <laughs> Some of you maybe have, but I'm, you know, I, I don't follow all this stuff. But so we see all this stuff going on, you know, and all this wild times, and so, you know, on one hand, we could think it's the eve of destruction. On the other hand, we could think it's the dawn of the greatest revival the world's ever seen. And I vote for the second one. And, uh, but it's time. We need to pray. We need to engage. We need to uh, speak up. And we need to vote. And we need to vote. We need to vote. Okay. Because we're thermostats, not thermometers. It doesn't do us any good if we get, we just get discouraged and we sit around and mope like everyone else because inside us is a living hope. And even when you had your worst day ever, just take a break, get some sleep, and when you wake up, you'll find there's a living hope that because that hope is alive, it'll grow and grow and regrow and regrow, and you can be cut down, but at the scent of water, that hope's gonna sprout again. It'll take root downward, bear fruit upward, all that good stuff. Okay, so where do we wanna start today? Well, I talked about this before. Romans 8.18, which we, we have referenced a number of times, Paul writes, I consider the sufferings, the, the, the pressures, it's, the word is thlipsis, thlipsis, I don't know how to say it in a, in a good Greek way, but we'll get some Greeks and they can tell us, but, the, but thlipsis means to be pressed, to be under pressure, so it, it has a lot, it's often translated tribulation, I I consider that the sufferings, all this wild stuff in this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us because actually that kind of pressure and glory actually go together. You know, it's interesting all through the, the um, Synoptic Gospels, Jesus, you know, periods of time you'd take his disciples aside, and this is familiar with you because we just got past the resurrection celebration, but the... Uh, he, you know, he'd say, look, you know, they're going to arrest the Son of Man. He's going to suffer. They're going to kill him, and he'll, and he'll die and be buried, and he'll raise again the third day, and it went right over their head. But in the Gospel of John, which was written years, decades after the other Gospels were written, um, Jesus, when, when he's talking about it, and why the Holy Spirit would bring this to remembrance to John, and he'd say, oh, yeah. He said, he didn't just talk about his suffering. He would say, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. 
when you see the Son of Man lifted up, then you, you know, you'll know these things are said. And that word lifted up, it's the same Greek word that Paul uses in Philippians 2 that said he, you know, he, though he existed in the form of God, he didn't consider it something he had to hang on to for his own advantage. He emptied himself of that, became found in fashion of man uh, in the form of a slave, a, a servant, and he was obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross. In point of death, that he's actually quoting Isaiah, and then he adds even death on the cross because the the people in those days knew how horrendous death on the cross was, and in Isaiah's day they hadn't seen it yet. But the uh, and so he said, therefore God has highly exalted him. The same word used, he's lifted him up, given him the name above every name, that at his name every knee should bow, every tongue confess, which in Isaiah 40 or Isaiah, one of the Isaiah 40 through 55 chapters, it says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Yahweh is Lord. And, and it's, so Paul's actually, you know, Whew. So I'm just saying, when you're going through suffering, don't suffer alone, suffer with Jesus. Like, Jesus, you already suffered for me, right? So therefore, this suffering is extra, right? Are you with me? Yes, I am. And in that suffering, we find our, his glory gets mingled in our suffering, and we come out of it transformed and empowered, not ruined and destroyed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just saying. Okay, so now we get into... I, the, the, the jumping off point for today, Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now, skip down to verse five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. This means there's a way to live where our mind, our intentions, our focus is always on natural things. Here it's using the flesh as kind of the natural world around us. So we think like everybody else, we get our worldview from the news or the internet or from TikTok or where, I have no idea where you get your worldview, but there's a place to get our worldview. I left my big fat Bible there on my seat, but it's, it's from the word of God and it says this, but, if, but those who live according to the Spirit, or walk in the Spirit, says, who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, that doesn't sound good, but to set the mind on the Spirit is zoe life, and it's peace. Whew. So if, I, if we, instead of focusing on how bad it is, we focus on how good he is and God's solutions will come to us in dreams and in communion with him is where we get all the solutions to, to, that we distribute as salt and light in the world. We don't get it by isolating, by going away, but we get it by pour, pouring the salt and light out. Salt and light are both intended to diffuse through the world, right? Okay, so it, the set the mind on the spirit. When my intentions are for Holy Spirit come, life and peace, life, Zoe life, God kind of life, life that ever ends, abundant life, life that overflows, and peace, which in Greek, the word is arene, 
And, but in, in, it's the Hebrew concept shalom, and it a- actually adds some, dimension, some relational dimension to shalom in the Greek word. But because we're familiar with shalom, shalom is complete. There's no lack in shalom. It's nothing's broken, nothing's missing, everything's the way it was intended to be. And God gives you peace. Would you like to receive peace? Man, I'll tell you, the whole world is full of anxiety and misery. There is such a, a ripeness of the harvest outside of, of the, God's word, outside of the Holy Spirit pouring out hope. People are just like, they are like pessimistic. They don't know if there's a future. Fentanyl deaths are at an all-time high. They're coming across our border with no, with no interference. God bless all those border agents who are trying to do their job, but that fentanyl is mostly coming from China and killing people all over America. So how can we, you know, we can get depressed about this or we can say, God, there's a solution and that solution might be a revival and the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And we're not just talking about heaven, but we're talking about what we were singing today, that our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be sanctified and known all over the earth. May your kingdom come, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. May your will be done, that we would rejoice always, give thanks in all things, and pray without ceasing. Man, you know, so maybe, sometimes I'll say the bad news, but it's not because I'm hopeless, it's because we realize people need hope. How can we be the voice of hope in the midst of the storm? Jesus, help us. Okay, well, first of all, I mean, here's big point. Vocalize and walk in peace. Don't be canceled. Don't be like don't think you're a subject or a slave realize you're a citizen of heaven and in fact you're an ambassador of Christ in the midst of the world which means you have diplomatic immunity Oh well you guys you better do everything you're told no you better do what God tells you not what man tells you Romans 13 well what about being subject to every authority what about Acts 5 that says we'll obey God and not man by the way, when Peter and, and John said, we will obey God and not man, they were referring to Jesus, who told them to go everywhere preaching the good news. They weren't referring, it wasn't the Torah they were referring to, they were referring to, they recognized Jesus in his resurrection and before his resurrection was God in human form. And now we have a command from God to not be silent. Jesus, help us. Vocalize, why? Because John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Everything was made by the word. God said, and it was. Verse 14, the word became flesh, and, and these one, John and his friends beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full, running over with grace and truth. And then verse 16, from his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. So we've received grace. We've received charis, which means you're charismatic. (laughs) It's automatic. If you've got grace in you, you're gonna be charismatic because that charis, those charismata, the gifts, the gracelets are running over and flowing out of you. So God just release our mindset that we wouldn't be depressed and fret about the news. We'd be aware of it, but we say, God, you're the answer. (laughs) 
two prayers that God always answers. Thank you, which is a recognition that we've received grace. Eucharisteo. We've received something good and gracious with every breath. And then help. Help me, Jesus. And then when those get answered, then we pray more, Lord, more, more. Just give us more. Okay. So, so here's... Um, it's very important that we be the voice of peace in, in the turbulence of the storm. And so how can we do that? Part of it is focus. John 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's an overflow of our heart. What we're, you know, the eye is the, is, you know, it's the, the light of the whole body. If our eye is good, our whole body will be full of light. So we wanna make our focus on what is good, not negative thinking, but, but our intention and our thinking, the mind uh, that is we're living according to the spirit and we set our mind on the spirit and we'll have life and peace. This is God's word, not mine, but I'll give you my word for it. I've never seen that not happen. And so the, uh, that, I mean, a lot of it's just focus, you know, to set the mind, have our mindset on the natural things is death. To set the mind, see if we're looking for, have, have you ever gotten into this trap? Okay, I'm gonna listen to, I, you know, I'm so tired of talk radio. I, I mean, so tired, because people, idiots just call up and give their opinion. And then the host says, well, yeah, that's okay. You know, and sometimes they have to handle, like, you know, if I was president, this is what I'd do. You know, it's just like, yeah, there's a reason you're not. Anyway, the, uh, so then you think, well, maybe I can, maybe there's some good news. So I'm, maybe I'll turn to CNN, maybe I'll turn to Fox, maybe I'll get, get on the war room you know, or Breitbart, or who knows what, America's Real Voice, there's all these options now. But here's what happens when you watch the news. You watch it, and there's always problems, and then you go back the next day to see if the problem's solved. And I'm telling you, it ain't, baby. It ain't, so and not a doubt of that, there's now seven more worse than the problem that you were worried about yesterday. It's just a cycle of hopelessness, fear, and anxiety that keeps you like, come back tomorrow, we'll give you the next, the next edition. Will our hero survive? I'm telling you, there's good news, and there, it's news in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit will tell you what's going on. I'm not saying disconnect, don't know what's going on, but it might help you. If, if you're addicted to that, you can take a break from problems for a, a weir, year or a week and the whole world would not end. Okay, so, so, but, so when we walk, you know, we set our mind on the spirit, it's life and peace. And so I wanna talk about peace, shalom, the fruit, the deposit, and the fullness of it. And you might wanna write these down. I, I, I don't know how, I made a little list here. Seven, a perfect number, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's not exhaustive, and it might be excessive, okay, for some of our attention spans. So the fruit, the peace is a fruit, and it's a flavor, it's a fruit that's cultivated, and it's a flavor of love. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, that's a singular fruit, and it's a singular verb, is love, <laughs> It, it doesn't say the fruits are, it says the fruit is love. So probably maybe 
And you could argue that everything after love is just describing this love that's beyond words, you know? So, but if you like it that there, you know, there's nine fruits, that's great. Okay, I'm, I'm not arguing that. Just throwing that out. Because the more things we think about that we've never thought before, the more possibility that God will give us thoughts that we've never thought before. Okay, that's why it's good when we're pondering the word. Sometimes people write me like these rather strange revelations and interpretations from reading scripture, and I try not to discourage them because I say, God, I, even though I, you know, this isn't speaking to me, you're speaking to them. And it's way better that we hear his voice and that we have confidence we're hearing stuff from God. And we'll find out by trial or error, you know, which, which thing was God. But that's part of faith. You know, we go, Peter learned a lot because he tried and he erred, you know. And, and, and eventually he got really good at it. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's a fruit. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There's no law. This is what we want. We want peace growing in our life. Now, the thing about fruit is you can't make it happen. You can't like order us some material from the hardware store, get some saws out and hammers and nails or air guns or whatever, you know, and, and you can't make peace, but you can cultivate peace. I guess later we're, we're blessed are the peacemakers, so maybe we can, but we can't make it out of our own natural effort. Second point, so one, it's a fruit. Two, it's a permanent deposit and a gift from God to you. John 14, 27, this is key. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Peace I leave with you. My peace, that's a good peace. My peace I give to you. So he, when he says leave, it means I'm, I'm, I'm sending it away and I'm sending it to you. It, it's his deposit in you. <laughs> you know, I leave, I, peace I leave with you. I'm leaving, but I'm leaving something great. I'm leaving shalom with you. And my shalom I give to you as a gift, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, never, neither let them be afraid. So God... He, it is a gift and it's a deposit. The gift means we didn't earn it. He says, you didn't earn it, you can't earn it, I'm giving it to you. But I'm not just giving it to you like the world gives, like it'll come and go with circumstances. My peace is deposited in you. Now this is really important. It helps us understand something. 2 Timothy 1.12. Paul again, he's, you know, this is, this is this amazing passage. It's hard to pick one verse, but He's explaining how great God is, how he's destroyed death and brought life and immortality. And then he says, that's why I suffer as I do. It's like, if that's why I suffer, that sounds like bad news. When he says, that's why I suffer as I do, how did he suffer? He said, we boast in our suffering because we know that tribulation produces patience, and patience will never surrender. You know, and on and on he goes. And he says, in the love of God, so he's like, no matter how hard the devil tries to kill us, all he does is make us more like God. So that is why I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced, or I learned this in King James, persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed, to guard that which he has entrusted to me. Now, in King James, the, the word, I mean, literally, it says, I, he is able to keep 
that my deposit. And so it's kind of, you can translate it different ways. Is it that which I've committed to him? God, I've committed my life to you. That's how I understood it as a young believer. Then I see this other translation that says, what he's entrusted me, I'm telling him, wait a minute, I don't know if I like that. But here's what he's saying. I have entrusted, I've made a deposit of my peace on you and I'm gonna keep it. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded he is able to keep, to guard that which he has deposited in me as well as that which I've committed to him. It's mutual. All right. So um, tribulations are never permanent, but the peace that's been given to you is eternal. The fourth thing is, is this is beautiful, Isaiah 26, 3. This is about peace, you know, that the mind of the spirit is life, zoe life, and peace, shalom. You keep him, Isaiah 26, the whole chapter is beautiful. I recommend you read it and meditate on it. Verse, 20, verse three says, you keep him in perfect peace. It's one of the first verses I memorized, King James. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in you, you know? And, and so when our mind is fixed on God, our, you know, the mind that is fixed on the spirit is life and peace. So he says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Do you think maybe Paul was writing some of these things as he's writing him? These scriptures that he's known all his life are speaking to him. This is what happens to you when you read and meditate and memorize and learn, and sometimes you don't even memorize it, it just pops out. It's the Holy Spirit speaking the word of God to you. you know? So you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed or stayed on you. Now, because he trusts in you, but here's what's so powerful. This word perfect peace in Hebrew is shalom, shalom. It's how they do the emphasis. You'll keep him in shalom, shalom. It's like exponential, I mean, if you want to be small about it, it's double shalom, but, it, but the meaning of it is exponential. You know, it's like shalom to the power of shalom. It's shalom times shalom, but it's even beyond that, it's shalom to the power of shalom. This is an incomprehensible, it's a peace that passes understanding. Do you want that? Shalom, shalom. <laughs> It's like nothing's missing, nothing's broken. The Lord is your shepherd. There is no lack in that relationship. The fifth thing, the effect of righteousness is peace. Isaiah 32, again, a beautiful passage. I'm just gonna take verse 17. The effect of righteousness, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus who declared you righteous. You were justified by faith, not by works. The effect of righteousness will be shalom. Peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. And the next verse goes on and says, therefore my people will live in quiet and peaceful habitations. You know, it's like it's meant to be permanent. Anybody wanna be kept in perfect peace? Keep your mind fixed on him. Don't get, you know, don't get thrown off. People are gonna say bad things to you. People are gonna discourage you. Christians are gonna discourage you. Christians are gonna come and say, well, you shouldn't be that happy. Do you know what's going on? And, you know, all, all these kinds of things. You know, we get upset about politics. We get upset. Now, you know, politics will always upset us, but government was actually on his shoulder. And that government has been entrusted to you as his church, his ecclesia. So it's like, 
as we stay in touch with him, we're going, man, this is looking bad. What's the, what are the orders from headquarters? God, I need a word because we're not in, you know, we're in a war. And we're not warring against people. We're warring against principalities and powers and the cosmic rulers of the darkness of this age. That's what all this wokeness, Marxism, socialism, whatever you want to call it is. It's, it, this is a spirit that wants to destroy um, nation states, institutions, the, the traditional family, and ultimately human beings that don't even know if they're a boy or a girl. And I'm not saying that to mock or to be unkind to anyone that struggles with gender dysphoria. I'm just saying this is an artificial, generated thing that's going through. Just like drugs, fentanyl is made in a factory and shipped to America to kill people. This is an idea that was made in hell and is being promoted through the public school, the media, the entertainment, Disney, and a million other big corporations. And it's an idea from hell meant to destroy the most basic sense of identity. I mean, squirrels and dogs know if they're boys and girls. Just saying. Jesus. And they, they don't. <laughs> and they don't put a stallion in a pasture with a bunch of mares. Think about prison systems. Okay. All right. So now that I'm in big trouble, this is why if you're watching online, I highly recommend online. It's lcmi.online.church because we'll never be canceled. Some things, if we speak the truth, even speaking the truth in love, you could be blown off of YouTube or Facebook. And so I'm just saying, for all you out there, I know you love Facebook, I know you love YouTube, and, but be smart. At least, you know, this is like you're like, okay, at least I know the website and if, if things go black, I know where to go. Okay, so, and the sixth point is mega peace. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 65. Great peace, Rob Shalom. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. It's just like, I, get, I mean, I get stumbled sometimes to things I saw. Night, 2015, the Obergefell decision of the Supreme Court that took the definition of marriage which had been held by every human culture for thousands of years and said, nope, Sure, a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman. Again, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just saying that's not marriage the way it was designed by the maker. You know, it's, and, and a government can make a decree, but it's a, it's a legal fiction. It's not reality. Reality is one flesh can only occur between a, a male and a female because it's biological, it's physical, and it's spiritual. So, and, I'm, and I, I, I mean, I have good, dear people I love who are living that alternate lifestyle, and I don't despise them. I love them. I love them the same as <laughs> before they were that way. I, nothing changed except I have a level of sorrow when I intercede, not, I mean, just for the culture. Do you realize how hard it is to grow up as a five-year-old in this culture right now? Like, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, parents. You are entrusted by God for the direction and education of your children and what they're exposed to. Uh, just think about it. They may be mad at you, but later they'll thank you. Okay. 
or they may never forgive you. It depends on how you, how you steward the grace of God, you know. Okay, Psalm 1, Ashrei Hayish, happy blessed is the man who, it, who doesn't go the way of the culture. Verse 2, his delight is in the Torah, Yahweh of the Lord. It's in the way, the instruction. And he meditates on it day and night and it fills him with insight and delight, makes him like a tree planted by streams of water, canals. You can dig your own canal. If you're out in the middle of a desert, you can dig a canal and turn it into an oasis. And the tree will bear fruit and the leaves won't wither and whatever you do will prosper. That's the word of the Lord. Hey, pretty good, stand up. <laughs> Thanks, Charles, that was good. Okay. Um, and, and finally, the mind of the spirit brings us a peace that joyfully overflows with hope-filled solution. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope, and I've preached this many times, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. And that word fill actually means fill to overflowing. It doesn't mean fill you just barely enough, but it's your cup runs over with joy and peace as you trust him. It's like, oh God. When I behold the manner of love that he has for us, that we're transformed and become the children of God, it's amazing. The, um, but may the God of hope, he calls himself the God of hope, he's got a plan. He is not wringing his hands. He's not thinking, oh gee, I didn't see that coming. No, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Everything that his predetermined plan had decided, and we get messed up because we try to reduce God to our brain and say, well, if that was predetermined, then why did all these bad things happen? Don't go there. We don't know the answer. There's sin in the world. People make bad choices. People, God has predestined us and called us, but people walk away from God. Prodigal sons go out. Older sons get legalistic and, and neither one of them knows how good their father is. Just God, fill us with hope. Fill us with all joy and with all peace. There's that word peace again. See, it's a joyful peace. He's gonna fill you with shalom at, in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may overflow, abound with hope. How many want to be filled with hope today? Filled with the word. Think, I want to set my mind on the spirit. And I want to say this to you. If you're here and you don't know the Lord or you've been away from the Lord and your life is filled with anxiety, don't, you know, don't be ashamed. There you can come to this altar and you can meet Jesus. You can reconnect with him if you've walked away. You can meet him in a real way that destroys the, it destroys the, the negativity of this world. It, take, it washes away your sins. There's no condemnation. You're given the gift of peace and joy and love. And for the rest of you, I just want to say your peace gives the devil anxiety. Your faith causes him to doubt his plan. Your joy makes him depressed. Your love sends him into fear because it casts out fear. Your rest wears him out and your praise destroys his plans. So Jesus, every time you say God is good and his mercy endures forever, it's destroying the plans of the enemy. That's why, thank God, that he's given us this ability. You know, oh, raise your hands, I wanna pray for you. Holy Spirit, would you pour out peace 
on your people. Pour out shalom, the shalom of God. Give us this grace that our minds would be fixed on you, that everything we hear, everything we see would be, would be filtered through your peace, God, that nothing, that it's a deposit you've made in us and you are able to keep it and guard it, God, that it won't be destroyed. And we just declare that and we call people back to peace who've been in anxiety, call people back to peace who've been in turmoil. We, when we, God, we thank you for the peace that you give to those who are afraid, who are feeling guilty or ashamed. We thank you for healing power. We thank you for miracles of create, you created life, God, and you're still doing it. We bless the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I thought I would, I just thought I'd lead us in a little prayer, okay? Like that, okay? And by the way, if, if you want to come forward, you can come forward anytime. Um, just repeat after me. Lord, I set my mind on the Spirit, which gives me life and peace. Lord, guard the deposit of shalom you've made in me. Keep me in shalom, shalom. I love your word, your Holy Spirit, and your ways. This gives me mega peace, mega shalom. I expect to prosper and be in health as my soul prospers. I submit myself to you. I resist the enemy and he must flee. I evict every lie and draw upon your supernatural strength to sustain me and give me victory in every battle. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> He's the Prince of Peace. He's the captain of your salvation. He's leading the army of angels and saints to set you free in every way. I just wanna bless you. I, I know there's healing here. There's healing here. I, I just have this sense, uh, word of knowledge, uh, intuition, that there is, there are, are uh, issues in people's shoulders, and God's gonna heal it. There's issues in hips, and knees, in Jesus' name, there's blurry vision, there's a grace here to heal that, many other things, blood pressure issues, heart health issues, kidney issues, in Jesus' name, I just declare it, declare healing over you, we're gonna be released in a moment, and uh, if you need any of these, the ministry team will be here, and the grace of God is always here. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May you know that his face is turned toward you and that his shalom is upon you as you bear the name of Jesus everywhere you go. In his holy name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. <laughs> and don't forget next Sunday's Mother's Day in case you know. Don't want to get in trouble. All right. <laughs>